It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations, the world's largest classical Christian homeschooling community. I'm launching a new podcast, Refining Rhetoric. If you like cross-politics or just listen to hear what crazy stuff they're saying today, you will enjoy Refining Rhetoric. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. I practice the 15 tools of learning by interviewing great guests, looking at current events, and talking about cryptocurrency. You know what that means? Baron songs. Baron songs. I got, I got this. I don't have. I got it coming. I'm gonna do it. Here we go. Here we go. Oh no! Uh oh! Oh no! Didn't know how to open it. Drinking problems. Yep. Hey y'all! Welcome to Cross Politic on the Fight Lab Feast Network. Good to be with you, Pastor Toby Chucknock on the Water Boy. And as you guys know, it's Wednesday. It's Beer and Psalms, and this is a particularly special Beer and Psalms episode because we have a missionary in the house. Amen. Praise and the his house. It's that bad over it, here, huh? And it, <laughs> <laughs> we brought a missionary. We brought a missionary in. All and the if you know like, anything Amen. about the Psalms, it's about missions. That's right. That's right. It's about worship. It's about missions. All right. There you go. Hey, if you're a fan of Cross Politic or the Fight Laugh Feast Network, then surely you know we have a merch store, right? Rowdy Christian Merch is your one-stop shop for everything cross-politic merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, hats, but we've also got specialty items like backpacks, mugs, coffee, even AirPod cases, whatever those are. Those are nice. I've seen them recently. Oh, really? I don't even know. Pretty cool. Visit Rowdy Christian Merch today at rowdychristian.com and buy that next gift or, hey, you know what? It's almost Valentine's Day. So, you know, oh, so that, you should, that you should definitely be thinking about Valentine's Day. <laughs> you know what? Nothing says I love you like a gift from Cross Policy. For real. You know I mean? Yeah, rowdychristian.com. <laughs> so um, uh, I got I got basketball practice after the show with um, two to fourth graders. Uh-huh. And, and now I smell like beer. <laughs> Great. So what's different? <laughs> they're like, they're like, right. Chava Line Frost is with us today. He is um, an elder at uh, Christ Church uh, for, for many years. And a Bible translator and linguist working with the Bakwe people of the Ivory Coast. Cote d'Ivoire. Africa. Oh. Uh, Cote d'Ivoire. Cote d'Ivoire. <laughs> Cote d'Ivoire. Close. Yeah, yeah, so you're saying it like you're cussing or something. It's not a cuss word. <laughs> oh, That's funny. So, Chavo, thank you for joining us. Yeah. 
Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, have we had you before? We, yes. We've had him on the show a long time, a yeah. long time, time ago. ago. Yep. What was it? It might have been 2018. Wow. I want to say. Was it back yeah. at the old piano shop? Was it was. It, oh, yes. Wow. Okay. So yes. this is the first time in the in this studio. And, and so. And you come back. He came back. <laughs> it was a while though. <laughs> it took me a lot of prayer and fasting. <laughs> <laughs> you don't come back on these shows without prayer and fasting. Gotta, you know, John, Jesus. Right. I got to tell on him when I asked him Sunday. He's like, "Listen, no curveballs." Oh, and so all oh. I've been thinking about is curveballs. Curveballs. <laughs> <laughs> you done planted that in his head. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, is that Knox, like, I think he throws curveballs just naturally. Like, he's not trying. He's like, yeah. I'm going to throw this straight. <laughs> yeah, hence the he prayer and fasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's All right. True. Uh, uh, let's start off really simple. I mean, seriously, um, so um, when did you get involved in Bible translation, particularly with, with the Bakwe? The Bakwe? We. Um, I grew up in Africa. I was born to a, a father who was a Bible translator. Oh, in Liberia. So, like, Netflix. you were in your diapers when you were like, "I'm <laughs> going to be a." Yeah, yeah that's right. really, yeah. I didn't know that part. Yep. Okay, yeah. born and raised there, 18 years. Came to the U of I here for for college. Yeah, and uh, felt why like, U of I? Uh, you, my mom had gone to U of I back okay. in the 40s. Okay, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that's how I ended up here. Anyhow, exposed to it, didn't think I could do it. My dad was gifted in eight languages. And using eight languages, he was from Hungary, grew up uh, in Hungary and escaped during the war. So, wow. To uh, America to, during the war? Yeah, during the, to yeah. Austria and then eventually to America, got a scholarship. Incredible. But uh, so, yeah, I thought what did I you was study, gifted. What did you study at university? University, I studied wildlife resource management. Okay. Hoping to go back to Africa. Okay. And then the Lord changed my direction. To help manage um, the ligers. You know. <laughs> the ligers. <laughs> the ligers, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just I was thinking of that, using it as a like a tent making ministry yeah. to be able to be involved in doing uh, evangelism, meeting with people, and yeah. encouraging church churches. But um, ended up meeting a missionary from Wycliffe and uh, came went to a missions conference, and he said, yeah, "Have you ever thought about yeah. you know?" Change? I had been praying about it at that point, hmm. and I went off with uh, my wife and I both were heading into missions separately, and then we we got married, and we headed off. To a summer of with Wycliffe, just a summer um, grad school level courses, and I never did better in in my courses in in my life. You wow. know, it was sort of a confirmation, and then it went from there. Wow! So we arrived in Ivory Coast. We had to go to France, learn French first, because uh, all of our research write ups have to be in French. Right. And uh, and then we ended up in '88. Arrived in uh, Cote d'Ivoire in 1988. Yeah. Hey, and- you guys had any kids yet? We had one on six month old headed to France, had one in France, and then had two boys over there. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And, and in Cote d'Ivoire. Cote d'Ivoire. <laughs> Cote d'Ivoire. Voir. Voir. So, and is, is French uh, spoken in Cote d'Ivoire? French is the official language. Okay. Right. But their but, native language is Bakwe. Right. It or, depends. There's oh. there's almost 70 different languages spoken, minority you know, languages wow. in the country. In the Ivory Coast? In the Ivory Coast, which is the size of about the state of Ohio. Okay. And wow. they've had French, you know, since the col- French uh, colony period, you yes. know, colonization mm-hmm. time, they've yeah. had education in French. Yeah. <laughs> education has been uh, done in French for over yeah. 100 years. Wow. Okay. And the average level of education, if you go across the board, is barely second grade. Okay. So there's a very wow. expensive experiment to show that people are still using their languages at home 
Yeah. And yeah, they're, parents, yeah, they're, they're not really going anywhere with the French. Some do, a minority do. Right. right. But in order to understand God's word, to be fed, to be able to counsel each other and, and learn, they had to have the scriptures. And the Bakwe didn't have an alphabet even at that point. Wow. When was this? What's the, what time are we talking about? We're talking 88 when we arrived. They had The Bakwe had asked for a missionary to come out to them from Wycliffe 15 years prior. Mm-hmm. No way. When, when uh, Wycliffe did a survey, SIL did a survey, Wycliffe slash SIL, both is similar, um, two branches of the same sort yeah, of organization. Okay. And they, um, they did a survey. The Bakwe said, please send us someone. We want someone to give us the Bible because... Uh, they've seen all the other larger languages get the scriptures, and they were waiting still for for yeah. theirs. Yeah. So, so could you just um, say John three sixteen in the Bakwe, um okay language? Okay. That's John three sixteen. Wow. So, but you, so you went there in 1988 right? and they don't yet have a written language. Right. Is that correct? Correct. And, and, so and no how, alphabet. How, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> right. Cause if you don't, I mean, have, I'm just saying <laughs> they had no alphabet. <laughs> that, yes. That too. Yeah, also that too. Um, <laughs> Is, is my fault, my fault. I, but so 70 languages ha, uh, spoken in Ivory Coast, how do you pick one? Well, the Wick, Wycliffe and, yeah. and our branch of SIL, that, that um, wherever we go, we do language surveys first to right. learn, to determine whether a language is viable, mm-hmm. whether there's, there's adequate bilingualism, then they don't need necessarily the scriptures. At least they're not going to be given priority if they can understand French well enough. Um, is the language in vigorous use? Missionaries went to the larger languages first in the country. Mm-hmm. And so there's a dozen or so still at that time that hadn't, smaller languages yeah. that hadn't had any missionary come or, or hadn't been targeted for, for right. scripture. And um, we were chosen to, to go there and asked to go there. We said we've been praying yeah. about it. And uh, yeah, and. Lived without electricity for ten years for before we brought in electricity to the village. Wow! And uh, built a house. Yep. I'm sorry. Go, I don't want to interrupt. You. This is interesting. Yeah. I just yeah. want to throw in here while you're talking. If you can describe kind of what's on the ground when you get there. So there's no electricity on the ground. What's the culture, the community, and the people like? Bakwe are very friendly people. The they're at that time and, and still somewhat. Um, it's changing a little bit, but um, sorcery is a big thing. Um, great fear amongst the people for uh, against the spirits, you know, fear mm-hmm. from the spirits uh-huh. and from sorcerers and mm-hmm. each other, you know, the, the, that might be a sorcerer in, in hiding and getting uh-huh. power from, from what they're doing. Uh, a lot of fear. Um, when we arrived, the, they, we looked for Christians in the Bakwe area and the surrounding area outside of the Bakwe area. We began visiting some churches we knew and we found six, uh, six um, born again Christians. Wow. Um, Protestants and and a uh, few Catholics and and um, yeah, it was just no Christianity. I mean, they had they had the prophet Harris back in the turn of the century, nineteen twelve, fifteen, somewhere in there. Okay, had come from Liberia and preached the gospel along the coast. The Bakwe had been influenced by that, and in nineteen sixty six, they had some uh, Harris 
disciples come into the area because they wanted to get rid of sorcery. They baptize the entire population from village to village, baptize everybody in the name of Jesus. I don't know if it's Trinitarian baptism or not, at that because uh, Harris didn't speak their language, but it was translated for them. But all of them are waiting for someone to come with the Bible because Harris told everywhere he went, all the way to Ghana, said, when the white man comes into your area, send your kids to school, and if he brings the Bible, listen to what he says. Okay. You know, mm. and so they're like waiting for the Bible. Oh, wow. And there was a Harris church in our village, but it was very syncretistic, okay. which means they're mixing their traditional religion yeah. with some spirits or whatever. We don't know yeah. anything about that here in America. No, no, no. no. We're, we're catching up. <laughs> we are. We are. So, so how many people are we talking about that you're... We're, the Bakwe were uh, are probably estimated around fourteen thousand total in a hundred and fifty mile triangle, roughly. Wow! Yeah, thirty six it, villages. It's interesting. It's hard to 36. imagine. I mean, we just don't think in terms of like that kind of confined space, and the tribes are close together, but they speak seventy different languages, and yeah, and and so in some sense, they're still secluded from each other a little bit. Besides, well, yeah. maybe the ability to speak French. Right. There's exactly, and there's a there's a river between from east to west that blocks the Bakwe from the others on the other side. The related languages, like Romance languages, you know, would be related, right? Yeah. So there are some cognates, some similarities, and those kinds of things are you know where translations have been done. We often test using scripture from the neighboring language to see how the, yeah. whether people can understand. What, yeah. what is the government like there? What was it like then in, in the 80s when you got there? Late you know, 80s? it was pretty stable at that point in time. But um, What kind of government even? It was a, a one-party system at that time. Benevolent uh, Government of what? Of, of Cote d'Ivoire. Cote d'Ivoire? Yeah. So like the Ivory Coast. Right. Okay. Yeah. And they, I think it was in... A benevolent dictatorship, you a said? Benevolent dictatorship after he passed away after 30 we got one of those plus years. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how benevolent it <laughs> That's true. So he passed away. He passed away and things that went on to a, a two-party system and um, uh, I suppose a multi-party system, yeah. actually. And there have been you know, iterations of that. I mean, of elections and difficulty in a civil war. We went through a civil war really? in the country and... Mm. Do they have our voting machines there? Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> even worse. Even worse. So, so when you get there, the '80s, you guys are primarily there to bring the, the scriptures in their language. So right, we're there to to build a house, learn, live with the people, and learn their culture, their language, and develop, analyze the sound system to develop an alphabet. And then you don't you don't just say, okay, I learned the language, I got an alphabet, and now I'm going to start translating. You've got to first get people reading. Because otherwise you're done, you and then nobody's yeah. gonna. Yeah, what, no what's gonna this? Right, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. So we went through the process of developing literacy materials, teaching materials, wow. trading teachers, starting classes um, in different villages, and slowly developing a body of literature. Yeah. You know, all, not just Christian literature, yeah. health booklets, books on the the life of the Jews and what they what yeah. culture wow. was like back then. Right, all of it to help so people are getting the practice of reading. To help them prepare for the scriptures coming. You, so how, you know what's what's striking to me is it's not like you went there on a two week mission trip to build like a I don't know whatever we do on front porch whatever we do on two week mission trips so, yeah. vacation Bible school yeah and <laughs> but you went there to live to be a part right. of the culture um, to to um, be a part of the people yeah and, and then and then you created like a curriculum and all this all this all this material right if you um, 
how well does your linguistics come off to them? Do you sound like a a, a foreigner to them, or are you are you just part of the people guess, when you're there? You know, I guess that's yeah. for them to decide. I think for yeah. for a, a short period of time, I can sound like them. Once I I, I uh, astonished a, a a crowd at a funeral, this blind lady came up to me, and I was introduced, and I started talking with her, and she said, "Ogumire." Which is, and everybody started laughing because Ogumire means who who gave birth to you. Uh-huh. Just trying to place me in the genealogy, you know, in the, in the family. Yeah. In the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gave birth to you? Who's I grew up in Africa. I learned to speak a little bit. The, the, well, I used to speak it, the language that my father was translating in. Which was? Which is Bella in Liberia. And it's one of the larger languages in Liberia. Okay. Um, and uh, so. I think that helped me learning another language. My dad spoke Hungarian to us too when we were kids as well. I learned pidgin English in Liberia as well growing up. So that helped a little bit. And I always, always wanted to be black, so that helps too. Yeah. <laughs> so how many, languages, how many languages do you know? Well, no. <laughs> but I'd have to I mean, compared to count. Gabe, how many languages do you know? <laughs> Let's put it there. Well, we, um, Bella... A little bit uh, pidgin English fluently, French fluently, Bakwe, um, pretty pretty good, probably fluently at least, especially in in the uh-huh. uh, linguistics and grammar. Uh-huh. Speaking, uh, I don't have Bakwe around me right now, uh-huh. so I'm uh, ru- getting rusty. And then uh, Greek and Hebrew, um, uh-huh. I can man- I can work in those. Mm-hmm. Well, how so? When you say you're you're writing literature to try and get them to be able to get to the point where they can read their Bibles, right, um, and read the text. How long is that period of time? So you get there, right? You know, and you're going through literature. How is it? Because you know, you think about I'm here to preach the gospel. I got, mm-hmm. I want to get these people. I want to get text, to the gospel. But you got this gap of time that you got to get them to be able mm-hmm. to read before they get to this yeah. text and understand the cultures and stuff right. like that. How long is that time period? You know, uh, usually it, it depends on the language and the difficulty of the language. Um, anywhere from. You know, especially if you have no no alphabet to yeah. start with, you have the linguistic analysis, and and you have to understand too. We're not alone in doing this. Wycliffe has consultants that are linguistic, yeah, cultural, you know, and um, and right. uh, translation consultants that come alongside, check our work, uh-huh. give us uh, advice. So we're not alone in this. But I mean, it took. It was probably we got there eighty eight, built a house in ninety. We started learning the language. Had to come back to the states for our first furlough because we had spent two years in France learning French. And then uh, when we went back, it was 91. From 91 to 95, it was analysis, learning the language, hanging out with the people, going off to the bush, you know, uh, in the forest with them, and learning the language, writing things down. Probably started translation in 97-ish, mm. you know, where we were wow. clear to do Wow, 10 years. Almost 10 years into Almost this. 10 years, yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, and. and the, and we're also working on book production as well during that time right. and helping start a church. I mean, we helped start the first Protestant church yeah. in uh, on the edge of the Bakwe area in the first villages when we lived outside of the area while we were building our house. And then we helped this start a church that eventually um, the became part of the Baptist church. They decided to be part of the uh-huh. uh, always National happens. Baptist yeah. church. Yeah, it always happens. Yeah. I know. We know it's is part your, of it. Is your, is your house still there? House and is still is, there. Is, oh, yeah. Do people live in it? Or no, um, is it just empty? And- it's uh, waiting for us. And we have someone that goes in there and cleans out the, the mice and, uh-huh. and uh, regularly goes in and out. 
But um, the yeah, ligers, I have a truck over the, there. Get the ligers out of there. The ligers so, out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, you started. Hold on. You started translating um, the New Testament yes. in 1997. Yes, and we finished that. Oh, look at that. Was and, I was going to say, that it was cool. like just a year ago? Or? No, that was uh, 2019. We had the dedication. Oh, oh my goodness. Probably finished yeah. it in 2000. <laughs> you were there. Shut you were there at the dedication. I was at the celebration, and I can't remember. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Wait so, a second. So, so but 1997 <laughs> to 2019. That was the dedication, but you had the public, you know, it took yeah. probably two years prior to that. We had Jesus. Finished. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, yeah, yeah. I picked up the word. <laughs> he can read Good Bachman. job, Gabe. Yeah. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even know that. <laughs> so one word. <laughs> what, what have you guys? So that was a dedication, 2019. Right. right. Um, they prayed 15 years before you guys got there for a yeah. Bible. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and they just got the New Testament <laughs> only, right? In, in 2019. Yeah. yeah. How how has it been trying to communicate a Christian culture to a people without a Christian text to yeah, pull them to? Well, you know, with their with the background that God had prepared them with, you know, wait for the Bible when it comes. Yeah. Uh, Send your kids to school so they can learn to read the Bible. And mm-hmm. we had a you know people that are serious about the Bible, and mm-hmm. so um, it before even finishing the the New Testament, I was doing Bible studies with people. I was on the yeah. front porch every morning. I met with the Harris pre- preacher in our in, in our town mm-hmm. in our village. Every Saturday, went over his sermon and mm. he explained the passages that he wanted to talk about. He had never gone to school. So his kids had taught him to read French a little bit. Mm-hmm. His French wasn't the greatest, yeah. But so he didn't understand a lot. Uh, and in some of these churches that the Harris churches there, the they actually had um, the King James Bibles on the pulpit, big, huge King James Bibles because mm-hmm. they're waiting. Yeah. Yeah. They can't read. It's in English. It's wow. in English, but yeah. they're waiting. Wow. Yeah. Waiting for someone to tell yeah. them what it says. So, so. What, what's, um, if for you to come back to America and, or for you to kind of just analyze and look at America, you know, we're this pop culture microwave, everything's got to be done in 60 seconds. Uh, and, and to contrast that with your labor on the Ivory Coast for, 30 years, 35 years. How long has it? Is there 30? It's been 37 coming up. Yeah. 37 years. Since we started, joined Wycliffe, yeah. What have you learned about the gospel in all this ministering and translating in, in the Ivory Coast? I guess one of the one of the things is that we look around and change is slow, right? You look mm-hmm. at the culture and you say, okay, God, the only hope is the gospel for these people, mm-hmm. for us, for, for any people. And certainly over there, when you see the contrast, you know, the contrast, um, and you say, okay, God, you've got to do this, and it's going to take time, but we um, just are so encouraged by the by the scriptures that tell mm-hmm. us that God has bought the world. I mean, the world is mm-hmm. his. All people are his, and they're mm-hmm. going to come. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah 55, you know, is just what a great promise. He says his word will not go forth without returning having accomplished what he sent it forth for. Yeah, right, right. And so we have this, this um, you know, so oftentimes we would uh, be, my wife and I would be, another person would die and uh, of, of poisoning or something, you know, something really mm-hmm. horrible in the village. And we go like, this is why we're here. This is why we're here to... to uh, fight that curse. Fight that curse. And the, and the Bible is something, it's a missionary that never needs to come home on furlough, right? <laughs> never needs to come back. Ooh, you, you better leave that, that there. Yes, sir. <laughs> you better... 
Yeah. Okay. I don't know that. I don't think that's what they play in the Ivory Coast. I just don't. I just don't. More. More percussion. Little more beat. Little more beat. Beat in there. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? So when you bring the Bible in in 2019, how does that? What does that? I mean, this has to be a monumentous moment. Monumentous moment for the people there. What's the? It is. You know, it's things change still is slow. There, um, the dedication was a wonderful time of dancing, of of uh, just praising the Lord, and and the Harris Church uh, actually um, wrote songs for the occasion and uh-huh. acted out the whole thing about the prophet Harris saying that wait for the white man who comes someday to bring the Bible. Not to say I was that just that you know that man, yeah. but um, this is for all. <laughs> I'm a, I'm black on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> right, brother. Right. All right, all right. So anyhow, uh, yeah, it was a great time. And since our, our coming, there was a lot of opposition to Protestant uh, Christianity. The Harris Church felt like they were they were it, and they distrusted anybody Western, especially you know coming mm-hmm. with light skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it took a long time to win them over, and... Uh, but as the focus is on the Bible all the time, they realize, yeah. okay, this guy's not here to exploit us. Yeah. These people are not here to sell something and then go. Mm-hmm. Um, we were there. My, my kids were two boys are born there. Mm-hmm. One was named after the chief on his birth certificate. Mm-hmm. He's got the chief's name. What's, what's that name? Middle name, Yao. Yao. <laughs> and the second one's named after the one of the wise men in the village, and okay. his name is Yippee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Having done that and and just identified with the people in in so many ways, I could go into a lot of stories. We we I think won them over to the point where they have accepted us, mm-hmm. and um, and change is happening. Churches are being born. There are probably three hundred churches in in and it wasn't just from our work, but from what God was doing in the whole people group. And it just took three hundred churches in the uh, in, uh, in the Bakwe people now yeah. among the Bakwe people right. now. So you and went from all, you went from basically one church. The to Harris 300? churches were there before, right? Uh-huh. The syncretistic okay. didn't have the gospel, but Protestant churches. Now you have a you know probably every village has two or three mm. different wow. flavors to choose from, wow. and Tell there's a God lot of it. teaching still to come. You know, yeah. I mean, right. we need the word. They need the word yeah. so they can sort through all the heresies and all the, yeah. the, the yeah. Yeah. And, you, and you're working on the Old Testament now. We are. Yeah. yeah. And you, my wife wrote a book. Oh. You guys each yes, get a copy sir. of this. Oh, yes, wow. sir. Yes, sir. And these are stories about, it's sort of woven throughout it is sort of the Bible translation process. And then wow. stories of the in the culture, of, of the culture and what the Bakwe are like. Yeah. And what it's like to bring so, the Bible to a Bibleless people from the village tell, to the ends of the earth. Tell wow. us, yeah. So, is this from Canon Press? So it is. Y'all can get this yeah. at, at Canon Press from the village to the ends of the earth um, wow. by Lisa Leidenfrost, your wife. Yes. T- tell us, tell us one story. Yeah, that, that kind of illustrates what the Bakwe are like. You know, one of the um, yeah. Well, here I just this comes to mind. We brought in. When we went to the village, we had a, a cook that had joined us before from Burkina Faso, a godly man, a man of God who can't read and write, mm-hmm. but has some more scripture memorized than you and I do. I mean, okay. this guy wow. is incredible. Yeah. Never been to school, a man of God. He, he wanted to be our cook. We brought him into the village with us. He helped us build the house, and we're helping put his, his daughter through college, one of his daughters mm-hmm. even now. I mean, we're helping. Yeah. Uh, he's become kind of... Part of the family. Yes. He uh, he was he had cleared a piece of land on the edge of the village. He put in a, a, a um, aubergine in French, but aubergine is a, 
eggplant, an eggplant yeah. field, you know, with uh -huh. his plants. Uh -huh. And this Bakwe lady was really bitter. She waited until the, the eggplants were all um, big and starting to produce. And she went to the chief and claimed that land that was her land and that she, she wanted it back now. Mm. And uh, somebody else had given him permission to use the land, but apparently this happens a lot. One person says, that's my land, and then the other. Anyhow, Jean Vier was part of, he was our, our uh, evangelist in the village. I mean, this mm -hmm. amazing uh, testimony, and he has won a lot of people to Christ. He um, fought it for a little bit, you know, talked to the chief, realized that he wanted to win the woman, not the eggplants. <laughs> and the woman sent a worker into his field to just cut all the plants down. Mm -hmm. And the he did. He just joined them with his machete and just started cutting all the plants down, his the whole field, plants. his own plants, collected the, the aubergine and went home and made a sauce, a really good sauce because he's a good cook, took that to the lady, and this <laughs> lady just was dumbfounded that, uh, you know, why, you know, uh, I, I, I meant evil and this turned around and it was a huge blessing on me. Uh, <laughs> I think my eyes are leaking. <laughs> Something's coming out of my eye. But it's that sauce. I don't like it. It's that sauce. I don't like it. Something, something happened to my eyeball just now. I'm I don't know. hungry just listening. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter and Kellen Meyer, uh, who's in ministry, uh, mm -hmm. studying to be a pastor, yeah. they named their, their, uh, their son after Jean Vier. Mm. Mm. So his first name is Jean Vier. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Can you stick yeah. around for a little bit? Sure. Yeah. I'd love to talk to you a little more yeah, after we sure. get done. It's probably going to end up just being you because both That's okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. planned yeah. on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay that. Today's culture shifts like sand, but New St. Andrews College is established on Christ, the immovable rock. It's a premier institution that forges evangelical leaders who don't fear or hate the world. Guided by God's word, they take the world back because they're equipped with the genius of classical liberal arts and God-honoring wisdom, thanks to a faculty dedicated to academic rigor and to God's kingdom. Find out more today about New St. Andrews College at nsa.edu. And, and they also have a master's in uh, basically Bible translation. What do they call it? The NSA has a master's in um, uh, languages. Um, what do they call the master's I'm in languages? Sure. I'm not sure. Theology. Um, well, I'm not sure what... I know that they have a they have an agreement with Wycliffe's uh, training okay. institute down in Dallas, okay. so that their master courses uh, apply to transfer down there and yeah. vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, very good. The Psalm of the day is Psalm sixty-seven. I might have picked this one because I knew Chaba was coming on the show. <laughs> God be merciful unto us and bless us and cause His face to shine upon us, Selah. That thy way may be known among the earth, thy saving health among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the peoples praise thee. O let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon the earth. Selah. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. This is a psalm about the blessing of God going to all the ends of the earth, but it's striking because it actually begins by asking for God's blessing to be upon us, be upon God's people. Yeah. And But if we recall the kinds of blessings God promised Israel, like in places like Deuteronomy, we're talking about blessing in our houses, on our dinner tables, in our kitchens, in our workshops, in our gardens, in our fields, in our businesses, in our checkbooks, in our health. We're talking about what we might call Deuteronomic blessings, the covenant kindness of God that, that touches down in tangible ways. When God blesses his people like that, 
The psalmist says that God's ways will be known among the earth, God's saving health among all the nations. So when the psalmist then turns around and asks that the nations would praise God, we are also in effect still asking for the same blessing on us because mm -hmm. that's how God has revealed that he ordinarily works. He blesses his people who already know him so that the nations will see and come. So when we ask for the nations to come to praise God, we're asking for them to have seen his blessing on us and turn to him in praise. And when they turn to him in praise, notice that they submit to the rule of God over their nations. Psalm 67 says, when the nations sing for joy to God, they welcome God into their courtrooms and legislatures. When the nations praise him, he rules in those nations. And by the same token, we can say that where God is denied rule over nations, those nations do not praise him. Mm. They are not glad in him. And whatever they might say with their lips, their hearts are actually far from him. The psalm closes once again, asking God for all the nations to praise him. And then it says that when all the peoples praise God, even the earth will be blessed. Mm. The earth will yield its increase. But making things like eggplant. <laughs> for your enemies. This is, again, related to those Deuteronomic blessings. God's blessing doesn't hover 15 feet off the ground. God's blessing touches down in families, in communities, in churches, in schools, and businesses. And here it says it even touches the earth itself so that it yields its increase. Mm. Romans 8 says that all of creation groans in eager expectation for the redemption of the sons of God. And this is certainly looking forward to the final redemption and resurrection of all things when the earth will be made completely new. But it's also talking about how God's blessing spreads from people to nations, and it includes the care of creation itself. The psalm closes with certain faith. God will bless us, and therefore all the ends of the earth shall fear him. How can we be certain that God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him? Because we have Christ, in whom the fullness of God's blessing already That's resides. Right. And if we have Christ, if we cling to Christ, if we are committed to all of Christ for all of life, then God will bless us. And if God blesses us, then the nations will certainly see that blessing and they mm. will come. So ask God's blessing over your children, over your school, over your church, over your business. Ask for God to bless it all in such a way as to make it attractive to everyone around you so that you can tell them where it came from. That's right. So that they will praise God with you. Mm. Cheers to the oh, king. Lord, Cheers. Amen. Cheers to the king. Cheers. So, if you want to hang out for a little bit in Club Portal. Backstage. That's where we're going to be at. Where these guys have to go do important things. So, if you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. Can you say fight, laugh, feast in, in Bakwe? No. <laughs> sorry. I have to think about that it. That was a curveball. Sorry. Yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> While God created the world, the morning stars sang together. After God delivered Israel through the Red Sea, Moses and Miriam led the people in singing. God destroyed Israel's enemies under King Jehoshaphat while the choir sang. When Jesus was born, the angels sang, and before going to the cross, he sang. 
God rejoices over us with singing, and one of the only things we know for certain that everyone will be doing in heaven is singing. At New St. Andrews College, we understand that music is not an elective. It is central to our being and identity. We endeavor to train all our students in a joyful and robust musical literacy that will help them shape culture in a Christ-like direction wherever they go. Additionally, we offer the Certificate of Music in conjunction with our bachelor's degree in liberal arts and culture for students who desire extra music training beyond the regular music courses they will take as a part of the core curriculum. In the certificate program, you won't simply appreciate music or listen to it or talk about it. You will do music. You will study it, analyze it, read it, write it, sing it, and play it. You will receive private instruction in your primary instrument as well as secondary lessons in voice, piano, conducting, and other instruments. You will receive a solid foundation in music theory and analysis. You will study music history, church music, and music pedagogy. And when you graduate, you will leave with the ability to sing, play, understand, and steward music in whatever church or community you plant yourself. I'm Dr. David Erb, and this is the Certificate of Music at New St. Andrews College. Putting off writing that proposal again? Yeah, we've been there. Proposal writing can be tough. It takes work, and if you're not careful, you can set up your company for failure. Well, that's where we come in. Smart Pricing Table is an innovative application that focuses on, well, the pricing table. Instead of a static document and constant back and forth, our platform creates interactive proposals that empower your prospects. Not sure if something is needed? Make it optional. Have complicated services that vary? Let your customer do the work with line item upsells. Have reoccurring services? Easy peasy. With Smart Pricing Table, you can create attractive proposals quickly. And our system is built for reuse, so you can get out of that hamster wheel. Give your customers choice and close deals quickly with Smart Pricing Table.